Welcome to the Jennings Wire online magazine podcast series, where we feature interviews with top authors and experts. My name is Stacey Emerald Kaufman. I'm the radio director of Annie Jennings PR, the national firm behind the online feature magazine sensation JenningsWire.com, a special community of bloggers and podcasters that is capturing the heart of America. There's nothing like it on the web, and we invite you to visit JenningsWire.com to discover the blogger that's just right for you. And today's guest is Joan Hartwell, who has worked in the book industry for over 20 years. And now she's author of four uh, novels and several travel stories, but she never planned to write a memoir until now. And her new book, Hamster Island, is a tale of caregiving and self-actualization abound with insights for all. So welcome, Joan. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Well, now, Joan... Let me just ask you, I have to ask you about the title of the book, Hamster Island. What is Hamster Island? Is that a real place, kind of a, you know, imaginary place in your childhood? What is Hamster Island? Well, actually, when I was a little girl, my friends and I would name all of the houses on our in our neighborhood, um, and my house became Hamster Island. And here's why. Before my family moved to, quote-unquote, Hamster Island, we lived in a kind of impoverished area um, where everybody was very working class and nobody had any money, and um, things were good there because that's where we were from. Um, and we found out when I was about four years old that my brother, who was two years older than me, um, suffered from developmental disabilities. Our town did not have any special classes, and back then there was no such thing as inclusion programs, so there was nothing for my brother, and we were forced to move to a more affluent neighborhood. Um, the house that we were able to afford in the more affluent neighborhood was more or less in the middle of a parking lot. It was um, it was on a very small plot of land, and it backed up to a supermarket parking lot. And on the left side, there was another parking lot um, being developed. And on the right side was a major street that ran through the town, and um, in front of it, there was another street. So in essence, we were an island surrounded by asphalt and uh, and gravel. So that was the island, and my father was the hamster because he had to be in motion all the time, working one job and taking a lot of part-time jobs in order to keep us in this town that we really couldn't afford to live in. So uh, that's where Hamster Island came from. Okay, and now what is what is the crux of the book? Why did you decide to write a memoir t- telling of your experiences growing up and then, uh, again, the actualization that you've had um, as an adult? Okay, well, um, my brother had developmental disabilities, as I said, and my sister, who came along when I was about 10 years old, um, was diagnosed later, not immediately, but later with being schizophrenic. So I was uh, the middle child with two siblings who had a lot of problems. And um, I was very ashamed. that It really shaped me as a person in a lot of ways, in many ways. Um, I was very ashamed of being poor in a town where everybody was affluent. I was ashamed of living in the middle of the parking lot. I was ashamed of having siblings who had problems. Um, I was ashamed of everything. So I kept a very low profile. I was very shy to begin with, and I more or less became very self-conscious where I would filter everything I said and did before I said and did it. And um, so my childhood, I think, was very interesting. And um, when I started writing fiction, I would write, characters with special needs into my fiction all the time because that was my way of dealing with my own feelings about them and about my situation. But I never wanted to write 
about them in a memoir because I, I just didn't feel ready to even talk about, you know, even though, you know, you would think that when you grow up, you're not ashamed anymore. It's not that I'm ashamed, but somehow that feeling of I don't want to tell anybody my true story stayed with me mm-hmm. for a long time until I finally did start writing my memoir. And um, I found it to be very helpful to me and to other people, too, who, um, unbeknownst to me, had similar situations. <laughs> Right. Now, Joan, what is, because this was something else that caught my eye when I was reading through some of your material, what exactly is well-sibling syndrome? Okay, well, that's kind of a new um, a new phrase for organizations that have recognized that um, when there's a, a house, a household with a person with special needs, the person with the special needs has to be the focus of attention. Um, that's the way it has to be. But the person on the sidelines, the person with the ordinary needs, often develops um, a set of uh, responses to being the well-sibling. And mm-hmm. only recently, um, psychologists and other people in the industry have started looking into that, and uh, they've come up with um, several different ways that people react to being the well-sibling. And um, it was astonishing for me because I'd never heard of well-sibling until I started um, reaching out to people to get endorsements for my book. And as I read their books, I learned about it. And I thought, oh, wow, I I went through this, 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 and nobody told me it was normal. (laughs) Nobody told me that it it wasn't unique. So it was really great. And that's one one of the many really good things about writing the book is that I've learned about it. And I hope through my book, other people will learn that they're not alone um, in, in uh, the various conflicts that they may have suffered. Right, and you would think that now, um, as the diagnoses of a, a lot of different types of behavioral disorders and so on just are growing and growing, that there are going to be a lot of children that are probably dealing with the same things that you were feeling, those same feelings of embarrassment or shame uh, that you were feeling in a way growing up, you know, however many years later, however many decades later. So right. I think that well, a lot of your message within the book well, is really good. A lot of people who suffer well sibling syndrome also tend to be overachievers because they're trying to make up maybe for their parents or for themselves. They're trying to make up for the sibling with the special needs. Um, they often take on way too much responsibility as caretakers uh, because they feel a lot of guilt or they feel they must. Uh, so these organizations, there's a whole slew of, of possible reactions, and um, these organizations deal with that. So I'm happy to know about them now and to have become friends with some of the directors. And what do you hope readers will get out of reading the book, Hamster Island, Joan? Okay, well, first and foremost, as a, as a fiction writer, and as somebody who spent her whole life writing, basically, I really hope that people will find it entertaining, um, but they'll laugh and they'll cry and they'll just relate to it whether or not they have um, uh, siblings with special needs or not. Um, but second, I hope it will be helpful to people. Um, I hope that anybody who's been touched by a loved one who has special needs will come to understand that any conflicted feeling that they have, um, that they're not alone with that, um, I became caretaker for both my brother and my sister when my parents died, and I really had to learn to juggle my own needs with theirs, um, and I had to come up with some very creative and very unorthodox solutions in order to do that. So I'm hoping that that will provide some um, 
some uh, stimulation for people who are kind of just beside themselves, not knowing quite how to take care of a sibling with special needs when the parents are gone, um, if they should be the caretaker. And finally, I really hope the book may spark a political debate. I don't think you can read Hamster Island and not realize what it's like for families to raise uh, special needs kids. And I'm not talking about families um, who are really wealthy and have nannies and a lot of money set aside. I'm talking about people who have to get up every day and fight for food stamps and Medicaid and, and various social services on behalf of um, their sibling or their child or whoever it is in the family with a special need. Um, I'm hoping that maybe some politician somewhere who right now doesn't believe in um, there being social services uh, available for uh, people with special needs will think twice about it. Um, somehow my book will fall into his or her hands. Um, so I think the, the book itself has a lot of uh, fodder for conversations, both social and political. Um, as you know, back in the 70s, the, early, the late 60s, early 70s, we closed down a lot of the facilities uh, for people with mental illness because they weren't working, they were disgraced, but we never replaced them. So um, there's no place for people with mental illness to go. You see them outside on the street corners. Um, in the freezing cold asking for a dollar from people who are going by. So I, I'm hoping that this book, even though it's not a political book, it's a story, um, but I'm hoping that it, it will bring up um, those kinds of issues and that um, it will make for a good conversation. Well, and of course, Joan's book, Hamster Island, uh, is available on Amazon.com right now as an ebook, and the paperback will be scheduled for release on May 15th. And all of our listeners, you can learn more about Joan Hartwell and Hamster Island on her website, JoanHartwell.com, and to get updates and notices about the book as we head towards its publishing date, you can like it on Facebook under Hamster Island. So thank you, Joan, again, for being here and sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Daisy. And this podcast is presented by Annie Jennings of the national publicity firm, Annie Jennings PR, and the creator of Jennings Wire Online Magazine. Jennings Wire is capturing the heart of America with its rich community of talented, insightful, and relevant bloggers and podcasters. So please visit JenningsWire.com and discover the blogger that's just right for you. Till next time.